It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. It's the midweek edition prior to the Dragons game. On the line tonight, I've got Statsman Danny Deegan. How's it going? And William Davis. William, you were in the... I was going to say you were in the sports ground today, but <laughs> you are on the Zoom call today. <laughs> Getting, talking uh, to... Who are you talking to today? Yeah, we had uh, Pete Wilkins, the defence coach, and uh, the man who plays eight or six and just wants to play rugby, Paul Boyle. Bit disappointment uh, when that game was called off at the weekend because you'd you'd come into it, uh, Paul, with a really good win in Edinburgh and a bit of momentum. So how have you reset yourself? Yeah, when we got the news first, it was obviously a bit of a pain. But look, I suppose we turned our negative into a positive by having more time to prep for Dragons. Um, and it was meant to be a six-day turnaround as well, which obviously it's not anymore. So I suppose it's the only way to do it is just move on and move on to the next game. And that's what we've done. Yeah, you were delaying the press conference there. Apparently the forwards were still training. So did you have a good session this morning? Yeah, it was a good session. And uh, Jimmy likes to hold on to us if he thinks he's getting a bit loose or whatever. So, um, no, look, uh, we got 20, 25 minutes of units on there and hopefully set us up nicely for the weekend, especially with Joe Maximir over with the Dragons. I think he's brought a few of our lineups over there and looking at their stuff. It seems to be a very similar to what the way we, we run things. So uh, we just did a bit extra. You've answered my next question, so I can move on and keep it keep it going. <laughs> um, you've you've started two games at eight, then you've moved to six. What's what's your do you have a what's your preference? All players must have a preference that that's my position. You want to you want to seal it down. Well, the way we we play the game, the six and eight have the exact same role, other than the eight is the back of the scrum. So you might get one or two extra carries off the back of the scrum. So if I had to pick one, I would say eight. But the way we play it, it's it, they're very very similar and. Yeah, like I said, it's only those couple of picks off the back of the scrum that you might get in the game, you might not. So that's the only difference. And Once I'm playing with it. Yeah, well, that's the main thing. I was yeah. going to say, you're, 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 <laughs> you're heading up your 42 caps at this stage, so you're starting to become a bit of a fixture there. Um, does it take a time for players to come in and just settle in? I mean, 42 games is, is quite, quite a, good, it's a good number, but it's... You feel maybe you have to stay. You have to get to maybe thirty before you sort of feel completely part of the whole operation. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's on, on games, but for me anyway, like I got my first cap year in the academy, and because in, in the academy maybe you don't quite feel fully part of the senior squad. Then the following year, I think I played uh, twelve or fifteen games, and and once you kind of have your first full season like that, then you start feeling a part of it. So it's. It's kind of when you become, you're getting regular game time in, in your early seasons, then you feel part of it. In fairness, the lads are quick enough. Like, if you're playing um, regularly, you, you need to be quickly part of it. The lads make you feel part of it as well. And at eight now, you've got Abraham Papalili. He's he's a big man. We've seen him going forward against Edinburgh. He he takes a bit of stopping. What's he like to deal with in training? Uh, he's tough enough to deal with in training. Like, we... Uh, we have a thing called hit and stick where that's all it is. It's a hit and stick. It's not a full tackle to round, but uh, he is a bit. He's very enthusiastic with that. I'll say, but he's a big man. He's a, like the first day he came, he weighed 130 kilos. Um, but like, and he's not fast. Like that's the thing. He's 130 kilos, and he's lean enough for for a man that size. So um, look, he's added a lot of training. He's a big physical man. You know, when you when you're doing tackle drills with him or whatever, you have to fully prep yourself. And I suppose it's the best practice you can get is tackling a man like that with his power. So Dragons on Saturday, another one, another one day trip. I'm assuming uh, you're getting used to these in and out uh, on the one day. It's very different. 
enjoy the one day trips like you're in your own bed beforehand you're in your own bed after um like we're going to be home we're going to be back in Galway at half 11 12 o'clock um on Saturday and you're in your own bed you can't sleep after games in it with the amount of caffeine you've had so it's it's actually no harm and you get back and I'm probably asleep at one o'clock then Pete, how much disappointment was there around when the Benetton game was called off, considering how well Connacht had performed in Edinburgh and it was a home game, it was another opportunity to, to drive on? Yeah, it was obviously disappointing, uh, William, in terms of um, that momentum we had coming out of the Edinburgh game and uh, and also to have a have a home game and, and you know, having our heads around a, a really clear strategy of how we felt we could we could beat Benetton. It's obviously frustrating to have that that pulled from you. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's always a silver lining. We were looking at a six-day turnaround heading into Dragons, and you know, on the back of that postponement, it meant we had um, you know extra sessions at the end of last week, as as well as the full preparation time leading into this week. So, you know, disappointed. The important thing is we we still keep that game in hand, and um, you know, all being well, we get to play it at some point and. Uh, and target them in a similar way, um, but at the same time, we, we get a more thorough preparation for Dragons as well. Yeah, they, they've, they're not exactly flying. Munster were comprehensive winners there on uh, Sunday, so I suppose it's it's it's, an, it's a big opportunity for Connacht to, to keep this away form going and to keep the momentum after Edinburgh. Yeah, it is a good opportunity. I, I think Munster did play, um, play pretty well in that game. I thought they kept Dragons' threats to a minimum. Um, you know that said, uh, this is a much improved Dragon side, and I know that's um, you know fairly easy line to trot out. But there's a physicality about them, there's an organisation about them, um, there's a real desire in there to play with tempo, particularly um, through Roger Williams at nine and Sam Davies at ten. There's quick throws, there's an offloading game if you allow them to get to that point. So um, you know it'll be a, a decent challenge for us, and, and certainly not one that we're taking lightly. You know, throwing the travel and the venue as well. So. It is a good opportunity. We feel we've got a really clear plan as to how we can go go about this game. Um, but at, at the same time, we'll have to play well. We've got to earn the right. So uh, everyone's looking forward to it, but we're really aware that um, the, the preparation for us is key in terms of having all those those uh, pieces of the jigsaw, I suppose, ready to go. Where are you in, in terms of players that were away at Ireland? Uh, we saw last night that Ulster had uh, Stuart McCluskey and John Cooney although they didn't play in either of the Six Nations games. Are, are you going to have players back? I'm thinking Kieran Marmy and Jack Carty, maybe Quinn Rue. Some of the other players didn't play an awful lot of minutes. So what's the situation with that? Yeah, we do expect to have some of the Island boys back. Um, but they've all been around this week. Um, Bundy's not been training. Obviously, he's managing the load on the back of the minutes he's had. But um, Jack's been training with us uh, Kieran's been training with us um, at the PB this morning in the speed testing, so he's he's raring to go. Um, and uh, Alton and Quinn are, are here as well. So um, no, we've got, um, got got a fair few of them who expect to be available. Uh, we'll finalise that this evening in terms of exactly who we're taking. Um, but yeah, they've been around the group and training, and, uh, and it's good to have their their sort of freshness and excitement to be back in the fold as well. Some of them may be a little frustrated that they didn't get much rugby, so that's good you've got people who are champing at the bit yeah i mean it certainly helps in that sense they are champing at the bit and um you know they've all got individual points to prove but also they've got that real hunger to contribute to the cause back here at connacht as well so um you know we can certainly harness that um you know a bit of a different situation for them in the sense though there is a run of island games still coming up as well so there's the incentive for them to perform well to, to help our cause of course but also to put 
um, you know, put, put their best foot forward, I suppose, in terms of international selection. Normally, you know, you get these guys back and it might be at the end of a campaign or the end of a camp, but, you know, there's more games on the horizon for them. So, um, you know, there's, there's motivational everywhere you look, I suppose, in terms of their cause as well. And what are you looking to continue from the Edinburgh game specifically that you've you've taken out of that when you go into another this will be a third away game in a row um which is an unusual but then it's an, a situation but it's an unusual season uh, is there anything that you're that you want to see cont- coming out of that game that you bring into this game look I, I thought in that Edinburgh game um it was one of the best examples of game management that, that this team's produced, I suppose, certainly in my time here now in the fourth season of, of working with Connacht. And I just thought the way in particular our nines and tens controlled the game with their kicking from our own half of the field and their kick selection of, of when to go long, when to find touch, when to go contestable, obviously those attacking rubber kicks um, in the attacking half of the field as well. Just thought that balance of our game, they managed it really, really effectively. And, and that was crucial against an Edinburgh team that you know would certainly look to dominate that kick space and, and that kick return space but also going away to a venue that's traditionally been quite a tough spot for us in terms of Murrayfield um, you know conditions not being great as well so I thought all those aspects we demonstrated really effectively um, and a lot of that will be important as well going away to Dragons it, it's not just about kicking the ball as everyone knows we're a team that wants to attack with ball in hand and, and we want to play creatively and um and, and, and produce some excitement in that part of the game. But at the same time, away from home, particularly with these travel schedules, there's a balance to be achieved with with when you look to pull the trigger. And, and I just thought that was really impressive against Edinburgh and it preserved fuel for them when we were carrying the ball, both in terms of ball carriers and guys cleaning out breakdowns, being really effective around their clean-outs with, with Edinburgh's jackal threats. But it also preserved energy for our defence. So in terms of our organisation around that kick chase, uh, around our line speed in phase, around our, our leg drive and our physicality around some of those double tackles, those those um, uh, those collisions. Um, I just thought we looked fresher on the back of that really good game management. So, you know, that was a good lesson for us. It certainly shows that we're progressing in that regard. And if we can get that balance along with the attacking side of our game, um, you know, we set ourselves up for success in both areas, I think. Any fresh injury worries? You, you're still a bit short at lock. I know uh, Cormac Daly has has joined you, um, and you might, I suppose, it might be looking for another player as well in that area. But how are you shaping up squad wise for uh, Saturday in Newport? Yeah, we're not in too bad a spot to be honest. In, in terms of some of the areas of concern, as you, as you said, we've had a, in the last few weeks. Obviously, Alton and Quinn being back in with us this week um, certainly supports that lock that lock department and, and it's quite good timing in that respect. So um, that's helpful. Um, Matt Healy's been back training with us now for the last two weeks um, on the back of his calf injuries. So he's um, he's looking sharp and, and he'll certainly be pushing for selection this week. Um, Tiernan will be out a little bit longer as I think Andy alluded to at the, the last um, media briefing. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're all right there. You know, Pete Sullivan's back and has, has been training well and, you know, would have been involved last weekend. So some of those back three positions as well, we're getting reinforcements back. Um, so we certainly won't be at full quota, but considering the period we've come through and, and the demands on the squad with the schedule, um, you know, we're pretty pretty happy with where we're at. Peter, you, this year, does, uh, we've seen Sam Arnold come into the squad, Connor Oliver, uh, Alex Wooten and Abraham Papaidi. 
from your perspective, how important is it that they've come up uh, quickly to what you want in terms of your defensive strategy? And is it difficult for new guys who come in, especially if they're coming in from another province, which has its own way of doing things? And how you know, are you, how have you, how have they impressed you with how quickly they've they've adapted to how you want to to organise the defence? Yeah, it's a good question, Dave. I think um, they have adapted quickly, um, in fairness, and it's a good test for myself as a coach because when you get new guys come in, and particularly new guys, you've got obviously those three guys who are used to the systems down in Munster who have a certain way of doing things. It's really important that I suppose I can provide them with as much clarity as possible around our key principles in defence. And I I suppose start to get on the same wavelength with them in terms of decision-making, particularly for those backs who, who might be on the edge of our front line in defence or managing the backfield. So um, it's a good test for me to make sure I'm providing them with clarity there and, and you know, we can obviously work together in, in terms of getting that shared understanding of what we're looking for from our defensive system. Um, so I've been really impressed by how open-minded they are to, um, you know, to embrace something that isn't hugely different but, but does still have its, um, it, its difference around some of the detail around our I suppose our phase defence and what we might do on first phase in the backs as well. So they've been really impressive in that respect. Um, there's a physicality that comes particularly with Sam and um, and uh, and with Connor that has been really impressive. Uh, you know, a hunger for contact work at training and, and to bring that physical dominance in games. So, you know, that's been exciting for me to have that, um, an injection of that sort of mindset into our group that, that feeds onto the rest of the guys in the group. Um, and I suppose the other thing that those guys have brought with them and, and Abraham as well I'd include in this is a willingness to challenge and, and suggest things that we might not have done previously but um, that, that they've seen elsewhere in other teams that they've worked with they feel can add to us so we've had some really um, you know, really interesting and stimulating discussions around different ideas of defensive decision making and different roles um, so yeah so they've, they've come in open minded and ready to embrace what we do but, but also you know, they bring some intellectual property of their own which is which is great for me to tap into. And if we can get a happy medium between um, what we do already and the strengths of that, but, but continually drive to improve with new ideas, then, then I think we get the best of both worlds. Yeah, this COVID's, COVID's getting to me. We didn't have a match. I'm out of, out of sequence already because our, our game got cancelled and so you lose a little bit of rhythm. If it's causing me a little bit of hassle with a podcast, imagine what it's doing for players. But yeah, there was some, some good stuff from Boiler there, wasn't there? Yeah, I think... That Edinburgh game would have given them a big boost. They needed it mm. because they weren't very good against Cardiff um, and they turned it round. And now they've just got to keep going. Um, yeah, and these then games wondered, are going to. Yeah, I just just talking about Cardiff and, and Edmund, what the difference. Like, they, you know, they, they mentioned it after the Cardiff game, they mentioned it before the Edinburgh game, then after. And now again, they're talking about this. this holding on to energy or, or, or you know making sure they don't overspend their energy because if you go back to the Cardiff game they'd spent so much energy trying to score their first try that they had nothing left afterwards and this, it seems to be something that they, they, they've honed in on of being aware of how much energy they're expending Yeah there's, there's, there's definitely that there's also the way they're trying to play and how they're trying to set up to play and the fact that they want to continue uh, with a clever kick in game uh, which they had against, and I thought it was interesting that uh, Pete Wilkins talked about game management against mm-hmm. Edinburgh, uh, which was absolutely key, and that that was lacking a bit against Cardiff. So, 
they've they've identified what they have to do and they did it against Edinburgh. So now it's it's see if they can continue it on on Saturday against the Dragon side who are Dragons always seem to be in transition, but I think um, Pete Wilkins again talking about the fact they are offloading a little bit more. They try to play a very fast tempo game. Uh, didn't work against Munster. It just seemed to be the faster they got, the more headless they got, and Munster just punished them. Um, they certainly said it's, far, it's right. very... yeah. and, and and just you know looking at the Dragons, you know you talk about that they're in transition, and and part of that is the fact that they have. How many how many players are there in the Welsh squad, Danny? We've got six in the Welsh squad at the moment, but only two of them were involved against the loss against Scotland. Both okay. were on the bench. It was Aaron Wainwright in the back row and Nick Thompson's Nick Tompkins the centre. Okay, so we'd we'd expect to see four of them guys back this week as well. That's something that was alluded to in the in the chat today, William, that we might be seeing some of our players back as well. So you, you've got a situation where they're missing almost as many players as we are. Yeah, and that's a bit unusual for them because they went oh. through a period of time when they barely had a Welsh international. Um, I would assume that anybody that hasn't played will be available. So if, if you start with Connacht, you'd be looking at uh, Quinn Rue and Jack Carty and Kieran Marmion, who didn't actually play in either of the games oh. uh, against Italy or France. And realistically, Finley Beale and Moulton Delan, Dave Heffernan didn't expend, they expended energy, but not huge amounts. They didn't play full halves of games. Yeah. Um, and to that end, Bundyaki won't be available because he played nearly two full games, or certainly a game and two thirds. Yeah. So, yeah. And sorry, sorry, uh, just, just, to, just, to, just to balance that up then, the Dragons, who are the four other players, Danny, from the Dragons who were on the Welsh squad? There was uh, Elliot D, the hooker, uh, Leon Brown, prop, Ross Moriarty, the back row, and uh, Jonah Holmes, the winger. Christ, there's a couple of big names there, William, that could make a difference on the weekend if they do play. Yeah, you you would expect that they'd be in the same scenario. The players that haven't played, they, they, they have to get game time into them before the Nations Cup starts, because the Nations Cup is quite unusual in that it's four consecutive weekends of international rugby. Yeah. They don't normally play that. There's always gaps. In the, you know, they mostly play in the Six Nations, normally is two, and then mm-hmm. they have a week off. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, if they're on a... Maybe in November, you'd the Welsh often play four in November. Yeah. Uh, we Ireland play three, but slightly different context in those other games. So, both sides can strengthen up. The challenge, I suppose, for Connacht is, uh, you know... How do you how do you get Kieran Marmion in ahead of Caelan Blade? Um, yeah, that's a big call. Mm-hmm. But then you would suggest that uh, Jack Carty would start at ten uh, every time that he's available, because mm-hmm. I don't think the other players that we have at ten are up to his his level yet. Uh, and then uh, Owen Masterson played very well in the second row but he's a back row and so therefore if you've got Quinn Rue and Olton Delan available along with Gavin Thornbury you've then got three of your your key lock players yeah and the other issue is if they're going to disappear back off to Ireland camp again you might as well use them when you have them because yeah. you mightn't see them again for weeks and Connacht need the points in this game but look they would have beaten Benetton and I think they'd have got five points that's my mm-hmm view of that game 
And at some stage in the future, they'll get the opportunity to do that. But you need now to follow up with what you did against Edinburgh to get yourself ready for the Scarlets who are coming here. And then I think it's a trip to the Ospreys before we, and a trip to Zebra, and then Ospreys coming here before you go into Europe. It's These games are going to keep bouncing around fairly quickly. Some of them with six-day turnarounds. So pick your strongest side and go over and do a, do a job on the Dragons. Well, what yeah. else might come into the into it would be uh, if guys need game time. If uh, Andy Farrell is told uh, Andy Friend that, you know, you need to start marrying because he needs to get game time. Because if he's going to be used in the um, the Nations Cup, he can't come off not playing for, what is it, three or four weeks now? Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely comes into it, Danny. I'd agree with you. Um so it might be a case that it's just taken out of his hands, you know, that we see Marion start, even though Blade is in yeah, it's, great yeah, that's form. The, I'll tell you, that's very difficult for teams to deal with that. It, it's a fa- The other thing is, if we look at the injury scenario, mm. there seems to be a lot of players now back. Mm. Uh, so they have a lot of players to pick from. I, I'm, we haven't actually been given an injury list, but for a little bit of deduction, we sort of worked out that Killian Gallagher and Niall Murray are missing from the second row. And Tiernan O'Halloran, which seems to be potentially a long-term injury. Mm. Uh, Sean O'Brien is training, but isn't available yet. Ben O'Donnell, Oshin Dowling are both rehabbing. Uh, Dowling, uh, no firm date. Ben O'Donnell's suggestion seems to be maybe he might be available come December. He mm. might be slightly ahead of where they were hoping he would be. Peter Sullivan is back, Conor Fitzgerald, Sammy Arnold. So they're, they're, he's got a big number of players to pick from. And he's always also got Cormac Daly has rejoined. Now, I don't know exactly where he is in terms of his availability, but there's there's a and lot Steve, of rugby And, to and, and Stephen Fitzgerald looks like he, he should be back yeah. as well. And Matt Healy, apparently, well, as, as, as we said, Matt Healy is back training too. So, yes, it does look like a lot. And, and that should bode well for the preparation time because if you've got that many players fit it means you can you can prepare better okay and so just to move back to the dragons and, and finish off our pod based on on you know this match that's coming up at the weekend this will be their fourth irish side they've played this year and they've only monster didn't manage to get a bonus point against them what have you got for us danny Stats well the last time we played uh the dragons in riding parade we actually came away with uh, a bonus point um, we beat them 38-14. Uh, we scored five tries that day. So it was, um, biggest, it was their biggest ever away win, and it's, it's the biggest... Away points, win, yes. Yeah, biggest points difference between with them as well. Wow. Yep. What do you reckon, William? Are we are we in for another bonus point win? I think they've... Well, they'll take the win first. I wouldn't be too worried about the bonuses. I'd, I'd take 6-3. I'd do what uh, Edinburgh did to the Scarlet. I, I, they need four points out of this game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, um, there is a change of emphasis at the Dragons. They've been taken over by the Welsh Rugby Union. They've got some decent players, Rodri Williams, Sam Davis uh, in the 9-10 access, Ollie Griffiths in the back row. Two key players, Richard Hibbert at, at hooker. I know he's wrong side of 35 now. Jamie Roberts in the centre. They are. They were brought in to do specific things. Hibbert gives you 100% all the time. His line-out throwing can be a bit awry. Jamie Roberts, and they will be is there to direct operations. They'll be smarting after that 
performance uh, against Munster. So Connacht's got to be aware of that backlash, and they've also got to be aware that they don't uh, underestimate the task at hand here. But I think they want to, if you want to be serious about contending at the end of the season, in what's going to be a really mixed up, complicated season, uh, then look what Munster did and go and repeat it. And okay, they didn't get a bonus point, which is a strange one. Mm. When you when you score twenty eight points and not get one, mm. but they got their four points, and that's what Connacht have to be looking for because they let points go in. You know they didn't get anything out of the Cardiff game, so I I, I still think it'll be a big ask. I I think it could be a tough night. Uh, it's much better playing surface. They've sorted out that problem. It used to be a mud heap. Can, didn't matter what the weather was like, but it's yeah. now a pretty lush uh, playing surface. And, and, again, the, and the weather forecast, the weather forecast is pretty good for Saturday as well. So it looks as though we could have another really nice day, which of course we we thrive in because we're used to that sort of weather over <laughs> over here in the west of Ireland. <laughs> we seem to thrive, and I'm not sure when we must we must only train on the days the sun comes out. Um, I think uh, it's also atmospheric ground, but there'll be nobody there, which is a great pity because it is. I yeah. I think they are the most they are the best crowd in terms of making a racket that yeah. you get in Wales. They are fully engaged with what's going on. Um, I love the fact when you're commentating there, they'll turn around and start shouting at you and arguing with you, which is <laughs> kind of pointless because you've got because you've got headphones on, so you're kind of just getting, you're not actually hearing what they're saying, uh, but they turn around and engage because you, you sit right, vir- virtually there's, there's only a small gap between you and the spectators, which is old style. Um, but I'm looking forward. It should be should be a good game, and I think Connacht really want to get playing again. I, I I know they didn't want to make much of it, but it must have disrupted them. Yeah, they must have been really raring to go for that game and to to have it stopped, and then you have to go into this ho- kind of a holding pattern for a couple of days, not playing, and then get back at it. But but then on the flip side, on the flip side, as you mentioned, you know we've we've got players back from um, like Sammy Arnold comes back from his HIA and he's he's ready to go. Um, Conor Fitzgerald obviously wasn't as bad as that that uh, it looked like. So there is advantages to the fact that Newport will have played a game and we didn't. Our Dragons, sorry, Dragons, correctly. I'm sorry. The reason I said Newport, I've just brought up something people sometimes don't realize. Newport, which is one of the teams the Dragons are made up of, have thirty Lions. 30 players who've played for Newport are Lions, British and Irish Lions. Like this, as you, it was only when you mentioned the, the crowd being so knowledgeable. This is a massive rugby area. And I don't think the, I don't think the Dragons have ever quite managed to tap into it quite as well as they could have done when you consider that. Like that, that's, that's an incredible number of Lions compared to Connacht's three. <laughs> uh, there, it's, it really is a heartland area. And you're correct, they haven't. And, and I think they've acknowledged it. That mm. they haven't tapped in, and then they they talk about doing it, and then they don't quite get it done. Uh, but they are a good, they are it, it is a prop it's a it's a proper rugby. Well, it's a soccer ground as well because you were county play there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and they're quite a vociferous, although smaller fan base. Um, but they they haven't. Um, and look, we could be here all night talking about what's wrong with with the Welsh regions or franchises or whatever you want to call them. But I actually like the fact that. If you if you go onto YouTube, I've said it before, and have a look. In 1963, they beat New Zealand three 0 I think. Yeah. And it's there, and yeah. the ground looks 
not quite the same, but, <laughs> but not yeah, far off. Not far off, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. The little houses in the background and uh, it's, it's sort of, uh, it's surrounded by people. It was an integral part of the society in Newport. So um, Saturday night, yeah, big, look, really looking forward to it uh, it's because of what they did against Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're you're looking for a Connacht win, Danny. Your thoughts? Connacht gonna, you know, statistically it's looking good. Yeah, yeah, definitely looking looking good for us, especially if it's a dry day. Um, something I picked up on is that uh, these guys love to kick the ball. So I, I I went back over and grabbed a whole lot of stats from the last five games that we played against them, and they have kicked the ball uh, from like in play from hand, kicked it 91 times. We've only managed 57. That's in the wow. last five games. And this season, you have uh, their 9 and 10, Roger Williams and Sam Davies, who um, have kicked the ball, are the third and the fourth most kicks in play for the league this season. Roger Williams kicking it 27 times and um, Sam Davies kicking it 25 times. So I think our back three are going to be very busy at the weekend. And if it's a dry day, I think that'll suit us down to the ground. Oh, um, certainly will. Okay, good stuff. So you think Connacht can win even with all that? You're, you'd be happy enough to Connacht can grab a win? Yeah, I, I, I definitely think Connacht can win. I, I, I think Connacht can win by uh, 10. Okay, fair enough. And I think I'll um, I'll join you. I think Connacht are going to win this game and assuming they, they live up to their the standards that they played against Edinburgh, I think they have a really good chance. Results from round four of the Pro 14 on Sunday, the 1st of November. Dragons 16, Munster 28, Scarlets 3, Edinburgh 6. On Monday, November the 2nd, Cardiff Blue 7, Ulster 11, Zebra 23, Osprey 17, Glasgow Warriors 19, Leinster 32. Brief look at the tables in Conference A. Leinster on top with 20 points, four wins out of four. Ulster, four wins out of four on 18 points in second. The Ospreys, two and two in third with nine points. In Conference B, Munster unbeaten, four wins out of four, 17 points. Cardiff Blues with a two and two record with 10 points. And Connacht, who now have a game in hand, are in third place on nine points with two wins and one loss. Round five of the Pro 14 continues next Saturday, November the 7th. The first game is Benetton versus Munster, but that is now postponed as well due to COVID-19 issues in the Benetton camp. Dragons play Connacht at 5.15pm. On Sunday, November the 8th, two games. Ospreys versus Leinster, 3pm kickoff. Scarlets versus Zebra, 5.15pm kickoff. And a double header again on Monday, 9th of November. Edinburgh versus Cardiff Blues and Ulster versus the Glasgow Warriors. And both of those games kick off at 8.15 p.m. Loose, cut it loose. Break out or nothing changes. Side. 